0: Hi, everyone, and welcome. Do you know what time it is? Do you know what day it is? Do you know what moment this is? This is your Wednesday midweek Bible study. It's October 11th, and I'm Pastor Tim with Word of Hope Christian Church in New Braunfels, Texas. It is my joy to be with you once again. Thanks for taking time to be with me. Today, we're studying the book of Philemon. It comes right after the book of Titus, but it's chock full of some amazing teaching. Here's a brief overview of what we're going to be talking about today. The book of Philemon involves a man named Onesimus. Onesimus was a domestic slave and belonged to Philemon, a wealthy man and member of the Colossian church. Onesimus had run away from Philemon and made his way to Rome, where he met Paul, who apparently led him to Christ. Paul convinced Onesimus that running from his problems would not solve them, and so he persuaded him to return to his master. We're going to find that Paul regarded Onesimus as a trusted associate. Paul's purpose in writing this letter to Philemon was to ask him to be reconciled to his runaway slave. This is going to be an absolutely amazing time, so let's prepare for this journey by opening with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we just come before you, Lord, grateful for the very breath we have, thankful for the very grace that you've given us and the opportunity to study your word openly and freely. Lord, teach us from your word today about this wonderful book from Paul to Philemon. We are excited about what's going to happen. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. All right, turn with me in your Bibles and or Bible app to the book of Philemon, and we're going to start by looking at Paul's initial greetings. Let's start with verse 1. Now, in verses 1, 2, and 3, Paul gives his opening greetings. Let's see what he says. Again, verse 1, it says, This letter is from Paul, a prisoner for preaching the good news about Christ Jesus, and from our brother Timothy. I am writing to Philemon, our beloved co-worker. Here's our first question today. Paul begins this letter by saying he is a prisoner. He also identifies the writer of this letter and who he is writing to. What is he a prisoner of, the writer that is? Who does Paul say wrote this letter, and to whom is the letter written? Paul begins by calling himself a prisoner for preaching the good news about Christ Jesus. This refers to his period of house arrest, which was around AD 60 to 62 in Rome. You can read more in Acts chapter 28, verses 30 and 31. Next, he identifies himself as the primary writer. Although Paul mentions Timothy in this verse, Timothy is not considered a co-author. Paul wrote in the first person throughout this letter as he did in his letter to the Philippians. Lastly, Paul wrote this letter to Philemon. Philemon was a wealthy Greek landowner in Colossae. He had been converted under Paul's ministry, perhaps in Ephesus or some other city where he had met and talked with Paul. During Paul's years of ministry in nearby Ephesus, Philemon had been building up the Colossian church, which met in his home, so Paul considered him a beloved co worker. Like most wealthy landowners of ancient times, Philemon owned slaves. Onesimus, the subject of this letter, was one of those slaves. Next up, verse two, it says, and to our sister, Aphia, and to our fellow soldier, Archippus, and to the church that meets in your house. Here's the question. Paul continues in his greetings by naming two other people and one important group. Who are they? Affia probably was Philemon's wife or another close relative who helped manage his household. Otherwise, she would not have been greeted with Philemon in a letter concerning a domestic matter. Paul greeted Aphia as our sister, that is, a sister in the Christian faith. Archippus may have been Philemon's son or perhaps an elder in the Colossian church. In Colossians 4.17, Paul gave special encouragement to a man named Archippus. In either case, Paul included him as a recipient of the letter, possibly so that Archippus could read the letter with Philemon and encourage him to take Paul's advice. The early churches always met in people's homes. Because of sporadic persecutions and the great expense involved, church buildings were not constructed at this time. Church buildings actually were not built until the third century. Many congregations were small enough, though, that the entire church could meet in one home. Because Philemon was one of those who had worked to begin the church at Colossae, it was natural that believers would meet in his house. The phrase, the church, do you see that in the verse? The phrase, the church, could refer to the entire body of believers, although it seems unlikely because Paul had been writing a letter to the entire Colossian church at the same time. It may have been that in any large city, even today, smaller groups of believers met regularly in various private homes. Because of the personal nature of this letter, Paul apparently chose not to include his instructions to Philemon in his general letter to the Colossians. Paul greeted the believers who met in Philemon's home because Paul knew that not only would this group know about the runaway slave, but they would also become Onesimus' family upon his return as a new believer. The church would need to understand Paul's request and Philemon's response to it. Then there would be no gossip, and they could immediately and lovingly accept Onesimus into their fellowship. Next is verse 3, and it says, May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. This is the final verse in his introduction. The question is, this verse begins with Paul's typical greeting. What does this verse mean? Take a look at this. Paul used the words grace and peace as a standard greeting in all of his letters. Now, grace is God's undeserved or unmerited favor, his loving kindness shown to sinners, whereby he saves them and gives them strength to live for him. Peace refers to that inner assurance and tranquility that God places in a person, producing confidence and contentment in Christ. Only God can grant such wonderful gifts. The phrase, God our Father, focuses on the family relationship among all believers as God's children. In the context of this letter, Paul was emphasizing the family relationship that the master Philemon and the slave Onesimus had because both were believers. By using the phrase, Lord Jesus Christ, Paul was pointing to Jesus as a full person of the Godhead and was recognizing Jesus' full deity. God the Father and Christ the Lord are co-equal in providing grace and peace. Now in verses 4 through 7, we're going to talk about Paul's thanksgiving and prayer. Most ancient letters included a thanksgiving for the addressee immediately after the salutation. With these words, Paul was expressing his love for Philemon. Paul constantly prayed for the churches, and we know that from our readings and studies. And he also prayed for individual believers who had specific needs. Let's look at verses 4 and 5 together. I always thank my God when I pray for you, Philemon, because I keep hearing about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people. Here's the question. What do these verses say about Philemon? Philemon had been converted under Paul's ministry and then had returned to Colossae. Although Paul had never visited Colossae, he had heard, perhaps from Onesimus or Epaphras, about Philemon's continued trust in the Lord Jesus and his love for all of God's people. Paul was saying that if Philemon truly loved all the believers, then he certainly would be willing to include one other believer, Onesimus, in that love. Verse 6 reads, And I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. The question is, Paul again mentions faith in this verse. What is he asking of Philemon? This verse describes Paul's prayer and introduces the request that Paul will make to Philemon in this letter. The word you is a singular word, and that was that Paul prays for Philemon himself. The Greek word koinonia is rendered in these verses as generous. Koinonia is a difficult word to translate, but it incorporates the true outworking of Christian love in the body of Christ. The word focused on Philemon's relationship with other Christians. Paul prayed that Philemon's faith would show itself in koinonia among the believers. Paul prayed that Philemon would put into action the generosity he had. Paul is going to soon ask Philemon to welcome Onesimus as if it were Paul, and that Philemon should charge any of Onesimus' debts to Paul. This is true koinonia, Christians giving to one another and caring for one another because they belong to one another. Verse 7 is next, and it says, Your love has given me much joy and comfort, my brother, for your kindness has often refreshed the hearts of God's people. Here's the question. What is Paul saying about Philemon's love? The love that Philemon showed to all the believers had also given Paul much joy and comfort. Philemon probably had acted out his faith among the believers in many ways beyond sharing his home for church meetings. But Paul was concerned less about Philemon's actions than the spirit in which he was performing them. Paul hoped that Philemon's loving spirit, which has often refreshed the hearts of God's people, would also show itself in his dealing with Onesimus. Now we're going to look at a big chunk of scripture, verses 8 through 22, where Paul makes his appeal for Onesimus. Let's find out what he says. Verses 8 and 9 say, That is why I am boldly asking a favor of you. I could demand it in the name of Christ because it is the right thing for you to do, but because of our love, I prefer simply to ask you, consider this as a request from me, Paul, an old man, and now also a prisoner for the sake of Christ Jesus. Here's the question. Paul begins this section with a request to Philemon. What is it, and what does it mean? Paul carries forward the thought he shared in verse 7, that the love Philemon had shown to the believers, and to Paul, ought to be extended to include another. This was indeed, boldly asking a favor, as it says. In the Roman Empire, a master had the right to kill a disobedient slave. In any other situation, Onesimus' action of running away would have signed his death warrant, but Onesimus had met Paul and Paul knew Philemon, so Paul mediated because of the common brotherhood in Christ. Paul first described his right to make this appeal to Philemon, Paul was Philemon's friend and spiritual father, but Paul was also an elder and an apostle and could demand it in the name of Christ. Paul was subtly reminding Philemon of his authority. Paul could have demanded how Philemon should act because it was the right thing to do, but Paul based his request not only on his own authority, but on his friendship with Philemon and Philemon's Christian commitment. Paul wanted Philemon's heartfelt obedience, so he preferred just asking a favor of him. Next is verse 10. It says, I appeal to you to show kindness to my child Onesimus. I became his father in the faith while here in prison. Here's the question. In this verse, Paul begins to state his appeal to Philemon. What does he say? I think it's clear to see that Paul's approach to Philemon regarding Onesimus was with great tact and humility. Philemon probably was angry that his slave had disappeared. So Paul first explained that his appeal was on behalf of someone who had become his child or son, as some of your translations will read, during Paul's imprisonment. In other words, someone Paul had led to Christ from prison, so Philemon would be dealing with a fellow believer. Next is verse 11, and it says, Onesimus hasn't been of much use to you in the past, but now he is very useful to both of us. The question is, Paul says Onesimus wasn't very useful in the past, but is now very useful what does paul mean by that the greek term for useless is arkreston which rhymes with euchreston meaning useful these rhymes also make a play on words based upon the meaning of onesimus name which is useful interestingly paul mentions the word useful twice in his letter to second timothy First, he used the spiritual analogy of a person's value to the master of the house. Second, the same term for usefulness or value is applied to Mark, who served with Paul on a mission trip and wrote the Gospel of Mark. Paul told Timothy to bring Mark along on account of his usefulness in ministry, 2 Timothy 4.11. And now in this verse, Onesimus is useful to both Paul and to Philemon. Onesimus had been helpful to Paul in his imprisonment by delivering the letter to the Colossian church and this letter to Philemon. He may have assisted Paul in other ways as well. Next, let's look at verses 12 and 13. They say, I am sending him back to you, and with him comes my own heart. I wanted to keep him here with me while I'm in these chains for preaching the good news, and he would have helped me on your behalf. The question is, These verses continue Paul's description of his relationship to Onesimus. What is Paul saying to Philemon here? Although Paul would have liked to keep Onesimus with him, he was sending Onesimus back to Philemon along with Paul's own heart. Paul asked that Philemon accept Onesimus not only as a forgiven runaway servant, but also as a brother in Christ. This verse suggests that Onesimus himself would deliver this letter to Philemon, so Philemon would need to make this decision as he stood face to face with his slave. Paul was willing to give away his very own heart, a part of himself, in other words, in order to return Onesimus permanently to Philemon. Onesimus had become part of Paul's ministry team. This was a sacrifice on Paul's part, for Onesimus apparently would have helped him on Philemon's behalf. Paul knew that if Philemon were available to be with Paul, He would have helped him in any way he could. So if Paul had kept Onesimus, Philemon would have been helping Paul in a sense. Paul implied that he trusted Onesimus so much that Onesimus' service could be considered in place of Philemon's, so Philemon should be able to trust him as well. Paul, in chains for preaching the good news, longed for his friends. How difficult it was for him to send Onesimus away. Yet Paul knew it was his duty to do so, Roman law demanded that a deserting slave be returned to his legal owner, although Deuteronomy 23 verses 15 and 16 state the opposite. Because Onesimus belonged to Philemon, Paul chose to send him back. Verse 14 then is next, and it says, But I didn't want to do anything without your consent. I wanted you to help because you were willing, not because you were forced. Here's the question. In this verse, Paul once again makes a request of Philemon. What is it? Paul would have liked to have kept Onesimus with him but he decided not to try and talk Philemon into allowing Onesimus to return to Rome to serve Paul. Paul might have felt that this was taking undue advantage of his relationship with Philemon. Paul sent Onesimus back to Philemon preferring that Philemon make the final decision on the matter. The help probably did not refer to allowing Onesimus to return to Paul but that Philemon would pardon his slave from severe punishment since Onesimus had become a new person in Christ. Philemon had to think of Onesimus not as just a piece of property anymore, but as a brother in Christ. Next up is verse 15. It says, It seems you lost Onesimus for a little while so that you could have him back forever. Here's the question. What do you think Paul means in this verse? I think that Paul considered all that had happened Onesimus' running away from his master and subsequent conversion to Christ had been a part of God's providence. God can overrule and bring good out of human sin and folly. Onesimus had caused trouble and heartache, but he had become a new person, and Philemon would soon have him back. The little while that Paul writes of, the little while of Onesimus' absence would be overshadowed by the devotion that would bind him to his master forever. They would be together for eternity, But Paul also wanted Philemon to take Onesimus back into his service permanently now. Next, verse 16, it says, He is no longer like a slave to you. He is more than a slave, for he is a beloved brother, especially to me. Now he will mean much more to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. The question is, Paul continues his plea to Philemon on Onesimus' behalf. What is he saying in this verse? For Philemon to accept Onesimus back, he would have to do so with the understanding that Onesimus had a new status. He was more than a slave. He was now a beloved brother. Paul knew how difficult it might be for Philemon to deal with Onesimus as a brother after the trouble he had caused. Paul made it clear that he had not only trusted Onesimus, but that he considered Onesimus a brother in Christ. With these words, Paul skillfully placed himself, Philemon, and Onesimus all is on the same level. While this prisoner, landowner, and slave had a very different position, they were equals in Christ. While Onesimus had become very dear to Paul, he would mean much more to Philemon because of Onesimus's former relationship with Philemon had laid the groundwork for a lasting relationship between them. Next up is verse 17. It says, so if you consider me your partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. Here's the question. How does Paul ask Philemon to welcome Onesimus? Paul requests that Philemon welcome him as you would welcome me. Like the father of the prodigal son in Jesus' parable, Philemon should open his arms to welcome Onesimus back to his household and, as a new believer, to the church. God had welcomed Onesimus, so should Philemon. The word partner is koinonon, from the word koinonia, translated as Generosity. Philemon and Paul shared the koinonia described in verse 6. Paul wanted Philemon's attitude towards Onesimus to be based on his attitude toward Paul. All right, verse 18 is next, and it said, If he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge it to me. Here's the question. In this verse, Paul amplifies his request for Onesimus to be freed. What does he offer Philemon? Phrase he has wronged you or owes you offers two key insights. First, Onesimus had wronged Philemon. He had run away, a serious crime for a slave in Roman society. Second, Onesimus owed Philemon. This may refer to the work lost during his absence or even that Onesimus had stolen from his master when he left, though this is uncertain. Certainly, many entered slavery as a way to pay off debts, another way in which Onesimus might be obliged to Philemon. And yet, Paul tells Philemon to charge that to his account. Paul personally committed to paying for the debt of Onesimus. As with verse 17, this commitment strengthens the case that Paul wanted Onesimus to be freed. He was even willing to pay the debt for his crimes to help Onesimus escape slavery. Paul's suggestion is much like the modern-day tab, which needs to be paid at a later date. This was common practice, actually, during this time period. Verse 19 then says, I, Paul write this with my own hand I will repay it and I won't mention that you owe me your very soul now some of your Bibles are going to show that these words are in capital letters there is some discussion as to whether Timothy actually was writing this on Paul's behalf but at this particular point in this letter in verse 19 it is clear Paul took the pen to hand and he wrote why it's all in caps I don't know but it is usually to make a point that is very strong here's the question Here Paul clearly states he is writing this guarantee regarding Onesimus' debt to Philemon, but he concludes with a rather strange statement. Can you explain? For Paul, the words, I will repay it, emphasize that he was placing himself under legal obligation to do so. Paul is not just saying this to pacify Philemon, he actually meant to do so by putting it in writing. If Philemon had demanded repayment, Paul would have had to do it but it seems that Paul knew his friend well enough to know that he would not demand repayment. While Paul told Philemon to put Onesimus' charge on Paul's page in the accounting ledger, so to speak, Paul also reminded Philemon that he, Paul, had a huge credit already in that Philemon owed him his very soul, in other words, the conversion and eternal security that Paul had given as he led him to Christ. Once Onesimus' debt was put on Paul's page, it would be canceled. As Philemon's spiritual father, Paul was hoping that Philemon would feel a debt of gratitude that would cause him to accept Onesimus with a spirit of forgiveness. Next up, verse 20, it says, Yes, my brother, please do me this favor for the Lord's sake. Give me this encouragement in Christ. The question is, in this verse, Paul uses a term of endearment towards Philemon. What is it, and what does it mean? In the matters of ledgers and debts, Once Onesimus' debt was repaid, Paul would still have a credit for who can ever repay someone for bringing him or her to eternal life. So Paul asked that the balance be paid in kindness to Onesimus as a favor to Paul. Onesimus had been useful to Paul. Paul hoped that Philemon could find the same. And as Philemon had refreshed the hearts of the saints, he could hardly do other than refresh Paul's heart as well. Verse 21 is next, and it says, I am confident as I write this letter that you will do what I ask and even more. The question is, this verse sure sounds like a request from Paul, but is it really? Can you explain? Paul was not only confident that Philemon would welcome Onesimus back, but that Philemon would also do even more than Paul asked. This may have been a hint that Philemon would willingly free Onesimus so that he could return to Paul or be freed when Paul got to Colossae. We can be sure that Philemon welcomed Onesimus, but the even more part of that verse, that's left unknown. We're not sure exactly what that might mean. Verse 22 says, One more thing, please prepare a guest room for me, for I am hoping that God will answer your prayers and let me return to you soon. The question is, Paul ends this main body of the letter with somewhat surprising request. What is it? Well, Paul asks Philemon to prepare a guest room for him. That would indicate that Paul expected to be released. Some feel that this was Paul's way of reminding Philemon of his apostolic authority, or it may be a tongue-in-cheek way of securing a kindly reception for Onesimus because Paul hoped to eventually arrive to check on what was happening. It's more likely that Paul was simply hoping to eventually visit these friends who had been praying for him. His freedom would be secured through these prayers. The words your and you are plural, focusing on Philemon, Apphia, Archippus, and the church in Philemon's house. Paul had never been to Colossae, so the word return in Greek simply means granted or given as a gift. The root of the word is charis or grace. For Philemon and the church in his home to have their prayers answered with a visit from Paul would indeed be a gift of grace. Paul was released from prison soon after writing this letter, in fact, but the Bible doesn't say whether he went to Colossae. Now, in our closing verses, verses 23 to 25, Paul gives his final greetings. While this is Paul's standard benediction, it certainly had special meaning to Philemon. It would take God's grace working in Philemon to enable him to do something difficult, something unnatural, which was forgiving, welcoming, and accepting into the fellowship as a brother, a slave, who had at least at a previous time proven himself to be unfaithful and untrustworthy. It would be through God's grace alone that this reconciliation would be possible. Yet the grace was available. Philemon only had to act upon it. Verse 23, let's take a look. It says, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you his greetings. The question is, Paul begins his final greetings by mentioning another believer who's with him. Who is it and what do you know about him? Paul includes a greeting from Epaphras, described as Paul's fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus. It's unclear whether Epaphras was actually in prison with Paul. Paul's words, fellow prisoner in Christ, may have just been a metaphor for warfare or captivity to Christ. It's more likely that Epaphras was with Paul voluntarily and would return to Colossae. If I may add a note here, Epaphras was also mentioned twice in Colossians. Colossians 1-7 describes Epaphras as a faithful missionary who brought the gospel to Philemon and others in his city. He also brought news about the church in Colossae to Paul. And Colossians 4.12 suggests that Epaphras was from Colossae as well. He was known for his faithful prayers for his fellow Colossian believers. Verse 24 is next and it says, so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my co-workers. Paul continues to relay greetings from several people who are with him. Here's the question, who are they in this verse? They are Mark. Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke. These men were not imprisoned like Paul, but were in Rome to help Paul with his ministry. Mark, also known as John Mark, was a Christian related to Barnabas. We talked about him in the Timothy series. He had accompanied Paul and Barnabas on their first missionary journey and was the writer of the Gospel of Mark. Aristarchus had traveled with Paul in the past. You can read Acts 19, verse 29, and Acts 20, verse 4 and he was mentioned as a fellow prisoner with Paul in Rome in Colossians 4.10. Demas was also mentioned alongside Luke in Colossians 4.14, but sadly, according to 2 Timothy 4.10, he later deserted Paul. Luke had accompanied Paul on his third missionary journey. He's the author of the Book of Acts and the Gospel of Luke. He worked as a missionary with Paul and was with him in Rome during his imprisonment. It's significant that Mark and Luke were together during this time, Both of their Gospels were likely written close to this time, with both writers in Rome. This suggests a date for both Gospels prior to the first half of the A.D. 60s. And now, folks, here's the last verse of Philemon. Verse 25, here we go. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Here's our question. To whom is Paul addressing this closing phrase, Philemon or the church as a whole? The word your is plural, indicating that Paul sent this final blessing, not just to Philemon, but the entire church that regularly met in his home. As Paul had begun this letter with grace, he now ends it with the benediction that the believers would continue to experience God's unmerited favor. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is with Christians' spirits, because the spirit of Jesus Christ indwells the spirit of believers. Amen and amen. Well, folks, that brings us to the end of our study of the book of Philemon. I told you it's a short book, but as you can see, it's full of incredible teaching and application. I hope you've been encouraged and challenged by what we've studied throughout this book. And next time, folks, we're going to begin the study of the book of James. And that's going to take us right up until our Christmas break. Thanks again for being with me today. It's an honor to be with you. Have a great rest of your day and week, and I'll see you right back here next time. Until then. God bless you. Go in peace. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for another encouraging message from God's Word. To find out more about our ministry, look us up on the web at www.whccnb.org. Word of Hope Christian Church. Real people. A real God. Real hope.